0: I'm Brandon Carey. I'm Jason Grady. This is the Medic Class Citizen Podcast.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. So uh, today we have a special guest in Miss Kim Littleton uh, from Georgia EMS Association. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. This is truly an honor and a pleasure.
2: Brandon, thank you and Jason both very much. I am honored to to be able to to talk to you guys and tell you a little bit about uh, the association, and it, it's, it, it is certainly my honor to be here.
0: Yeah, give us a little bit of background about you. Give us your uh, little Reader's Digest. I know you've got an extensive history uh, and background in EMS and leadership, but kind of give us the condensed version.
2: Uh, the condensed version. EMS is actually my second career in life. I started out uh, right out of college as a legislative liaison assistant with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. And from there, uh, spent the next 17 years as a, a lobbyist, uh, governmental affairs for uh, in both Georgia and some work in Washington. And um, actually after that, uh, moved into healthcare, was the human resources director for a critical access hospital in South Georgia, and uh, was doing a lot of work with EMS. I was, as an HR director, uh, you spend a lot of time with EMS. <laughs> So uh, I enjoyed being around uh, that environment. I grew up in that. My dad was an um, assistant chief with the fire department at Warner Robins Air Force Base for the majority of his career. So oh, wow. I, I've always been involved in uh, public safety. And I, I really, when I got to the point in my, my career that I could do what I wanted to do, um, I decided that I wanted to be an EMS. Was perfectly happy as a paramedic in the back of the truck taking care of patients and the association uh, came to me about serving as their first executive director. That was about 13 years ago. I've been here ever since.
1: Well, that really is incredible. And we've had uh, Chad Black, which the listeners should know uh, as the uh, the chair of GEMSA. Uh, we've had him in a previous conversation. So, you know, we we definitely were proud of the association. We have we filled the listeners in on a previous episode on why it's important to have registr- or registration, representation at the state level. Um, and have somebody go go to fight for you and go to bat for you.
2: I think one of the things that, that you know, obviously there are, there are a lot of people out there that could do this job as well or be- much better than I do. But I think one of the things that gives me a little bit different uh, perspective about it is coming from a legislative um, uh, affairs background, understanding the political process, uh, sort of understanding how state government works, the regulatory side of things, And then also working in the back of an ambulance as a paramedic, um, you can kind of combine both of those really to uh, represent our organization, I I think, hopefully the best that we can. Um, I've said this over and over again when I talk about serving as the Executive Director of the Association. I think if, um, if I ever get to the point that I forget what it's like to be a paramedic in the back of an ambulance, I don't need to be the person in this job. Um, my goal is to have a voice for the providers, educators, uh, medical directors, directors that we have across the state. Um, we have challenges, we also have opportunities. And what I want to try to do in this job and with the assistance of, of a great 12 member board that the association has is to to do that and uh, make EMS the best that it can be. Uh, we're we're looked at very often for some of the innovative things that we've done and I hope that we're always uh, continuing to strive for greater things.
1: what a huge job that is to to balance the the different types of demographics and the different types of departments that we have in the state of Georgia all the way from rural services in North Georgia to metro Atlanta services down to South Georgia where you have very long transport times, no trauma centers so you have to you can't just put a blanket approach out there. you guys have to find what's best for everyone.
2: Right. Um, And and that is so true. And I I know that you've probably heard this this statement before from uh, my either former board members or even some of my current board members that if you in the state of Georgia, if you've seen one EMS service, you've seen one EMS service. Um, The issues that we have here in South Georgia, uh, where I am, uh, could be even it's a rural area, but even in a rural area in North Georgia, it's going to be probably completely different. the one of the services that I worked the majority of my 911 career in, uh, only had a critical access hospital uh, in the county. Everything, you know, pretty much was an out of county transfer. And at that time, before you had uh, a lot of um, air uh, services in the business, you know, I was an hour and a half with a critical trauma patient either going to Macon um, or to Tallahassee. So there's there's some things there, some challenges that that all EMS services face at this day and time. But I do honestly believe that there is a place in Georgia EMS for every delivery model that we have.
0: Yeah, do you think um, that EMS, uh, not just in Georgia, but around the, around the country, and I, I know I'm going to ask you specifically about that later, about some of your uh, dealings with uh, kind of your colleagues from around the country, is EMS underrepresented um, uh, politically?
2: I believe so. And I think that one of the issues that we have, a lot of issues that we, we look at daily, but one of the things that we have had challenges with is that for a long time, EMS has really not known what our identity is. You know, we, that whole debate are we public safety? Are we public health? So um, true. And that comes back over and over again. And if you look at um, if you look at business models of, of Fortune 500 companies and look at what they do for branding uh, their business, that's one of the things I think that is a challenge for EMS. I don't know that we have uh, always done the best job of branding ourselves. You know, the the uh, average patient may not understand what the role and a lot of times don't understand the training of a paramedic versus the training of an advanced EMT or an EMT. Uh, they don't understand that all firefighters are not uh, paramedics. I mean, just a lot of things out there that I think that there's opportunity for education uh, to really bring more focus and better branding to EMS.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's very well said. We've we've actually discussed that a good bit uh, amongst us uh, individually uh, on this podcast uh, and with others. And uh, I think as that as it grows more and more. Um, it's going to become even more undefined, especially now as uh, paramedics, EMTs are able to actually work in hospitals, that it's not just um, defined as pre-hospital, but I think you put that uh, very, very well um, as far as the branding. I've never really considered it like a branding thing, but that is, uh, I think you're, you're absolutely right. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, I think we, you know, people know about GEMSA a little bit. But tell us uh, just kind of briefly before we get into the specifics of what we want to talk about tonight. Uh, give us a little bit of background on GEMSA uh, and kind of the work that you guys uh, are doing.
2: Well, the history of the association is uh, it's sort of a, a combination that has, has happened over the years. The association, as it stands now, has been in place for about 25 years. Um, the Georgia ENS, or at that time, the Georgia Association of ENS. Um, became an association out of what used to be the Directors Association um, forming with the educators group to form the overall association for all providers and educators in the state. Um, we went through a change about three years ago. Um, the, the typical uh, title, I guess, or, or um, that you hear for most associations is the state and then EMS association. So at that time, we went from Georgia Association of EMS or GA EMS to GEMSA, Georgia EMS Association. Not a drastic change, not a lot of change in logo or anything with that nature, but it did put us on a national, I, I guess, um, level of where all state associations, uh, how they were seen and how they were recognized. Um, I have a 12-member board. The board actually is uh, made up of uh, presidents and vice presidents of each division, which is director's division, educator's division, medical director's division, and director's division. And then I have at-large positions that serve um, in those positions also. Uh, We do have an election coming up uh, this year where we will have the vice presidents of each division and um, two at-large positions that are up for election and will be announced at our conference in October. Um, we have better representation now, better statewide representation uh, for GEMSA than we've ever had uh, for a long time. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, I kind of, I, I call it like I see it. Jason, you've known me long enough to, to know that. Um, Brandon, you've known me a while and even probably in the short time you've known me, you've already figured that out. Uh, but for a long time, I think the association was seen as um, only rural representation or a specific um, group. I don't want to say necessarily cliquish because I think that the people that were involved at that time uh, were some of the most dedicated um, people that had the best interest of EMS at heart and really are the reason that we have uh, excelled and and why we're where we are today. Um, but I, my goal and the goal of the board that I work with now Um, has been to truly represent all uh, providers across the state. Um, That's hard to do when, just as as you mentioned, we've got uh, such a diverse um, area uh, that we cover with um, hospital-based services, fire-based services, private and true county uh, services. So it's hard to get consensus. um, But I think that what we try to do is we try to be um, that, uh, that catalyst or that, that group that brings people together to find the common goal of uh, doing the best for the profession. It, that it, we're always going to have those uh, certain divisions or certain types of services that may not be uh, thrilled with the way something comes out. But if we can all come together and say that we're doing something that is, is truly uh, in the best interest of EMS overall, then we've accomplished something. Yeah,
1: I think you've kind of tapped into something there when you talk about essentially trying to find what works for everyone, but not being able to have a blanket approach. That is a huge responsibility in any organization, a huge leadership responsibility. And if anything else, that is what JIMSA it was what it feels like from the educator and provider level. That's what you do for us. You are our leaders in the state of Georgia. So why would you say, and I know this is a loaded question, but why would you say leadership is important?
2: We have um recognized over the last 10 years, and and I say this from a from the program that I have been um, intimately involved with it for those 10 years, along with a lot of great people that have developed the curriculum and brought about the ability to do this program. But we found out uh, through meetings that we held with stakeholders all over the state um, that you have leadership in, in other areas, every other professions fire certainly has uh, their elements of, of leadership training that uh, they they're uh, involved in from the very beginning of, of their careers. EMS never had that. And we found out, and I, I will, uh, till the day that I'm not involved in this program, will give total credit uh, for the foundation of this program to Courtney Twillinger. Um Courtney, there, there would not be an EMS leadership program if it were not for Courtney. And it was a vision that he had, realizing that there were um, things that, that we were lacking. Uh, and a lot of it really drilled back down to uh, the lack of leadership experience and, and, and training. Um, so, it was, um, it was a tedious process in the beginning to get agreement from all of the, the people involved of, of how that program needed to come about, um, but it was, it was definitely worthwhile, and I am proud to say that with the 10th class that uh, is in full swing right now, we'll have module three in about uh, three weeks, uh, we will have graduated 250 people through this program in 10 years.
1: Mm. So, since you've been so intimately involved in this program, is there something in particular that you feel and that that Jimsa has identified that may be lacking in EMS leadership?
2: Well, Brandon, I'll take it back to really one of the things that Courtney uses a lot when he talks to uh, the class in the very beginning, first module uh, every year. Uh, one of the things that he brings up is that when he started thinking about um, leadership and leadership training and where we needed to go with it. He, he looked at some of the situations that had happened across the state. And in South Georgia, um, back many years ago, there was a uh, EMS director who, for lack of knowledge, lack of leadership training, lack of experience, um, made, some, um, made some mistakes. And there were things that probably, had he gone through some element of leadership training, he would not have made those same choices. Well, when that EMS director was fired by the county commission, then obviously the next best person to put in that job is the best paramedic on the truck. Well, that paramedic is a great paramedic on an ambulance, but you're putting him in a situation in an office where he has to deal with county commissioners, county administrators. He has to deal with budget. He has to deal with personnel issues. Um, And I always say that to me, it is um, equal to, sending a paramedic out on uh, being dispatched on a cardiac call and not giving them a monitor, cardiac drugs, anything to do that job. We were failing that person because they did not have the tools to do the job. And that really was the foundation for um, the the leadership program in the very early stages of why we knew that it was important. We we had EMS directors uh, and senior level management that were making decisions on things that they just... Did not have experience in uh, and did not know how to avoid uh, those pitfalls
0: wow that that was uh well that was really well put um and th- that that was a really good answer um let let me ask just one before we get into the nuts and bolts of what you're talking about with this leadership conference um you know we we we've kind of talked about this a little bit that um leadership Lately or in the last couple of years just seems to kind of be the niche thing. That's the thing that everybody wants to talk about. Everybody has their cookie cutter approach for leadership. they their one quote that's going to change your life. Um, why is EMS specific leadership? Um, number one, why is it unique and why is it so important?
2: In my opinion, one of the reasons that it's so important is not necessarily any skill that we teach out of the four modules of the leadership program. It's about networking. It's developing a group of people around you that um, if you're an EMS uh, director in North Georgia and Gainesville and you have an issue, at that time, you probably think that you're the only person dealing with that issue. Now, uh, you've been through a leadership program. You have 24 other people across the state who you have immediate access to that may have some experience in that and may have told you uh, or may be able to tell you how to avoid this certain situation or what their outcome was. Not only do they have the, uh, the networking of that class that they're in at that time, they now have an alumni association to pull from. So they have 200 other people. Uh, Across the state that may have dealt with those same circumstances and can help people through the process, it really is allowing them to learn more about themselves and to find ourselves in a situation where we're not reinventing the wheel every time.
0: Well, that is uh, that that is just so important. Um, You know, I think uh, one of the things that we lack in not just EMS but I think in healthcare is just that continuing. Continue education, not even just continuing healthcare education, but that um, continuing personal development, leadership development, we just kind of throw people out there um uh, after their initial education, and then all of a sudden we expect them to be you know leaders and supervisors without uh, without giving them any of those tools, or people are just afraid to ask for it. They just assume, um you know you actually struck a nerve there, um just so I think you you said it so eloquently that, uh, when there's a position open, it's just the next the next senior paramedic that gets that that gets it, or the next person that yeah. didn't get the promotion the last time, and we end up just absolutely shooting ourselves in the foot because it's not the best person; it's just the next person.
2: Right, absolutely, and I think that one of the one of the things that really has, um, I guess, um, made me aware that this is making such a huge difference in uh, in how we approach things in EMS in the state is. About uh, three months ago, I was invited to speak to a graduating paramedic class uh, for a local technical college, And and they wanted me to speak on leadership go through some of the things out of our modules and kind of incorporate that into a half day session for those graduating paramedics and the lead instructor the EMS program chair told me she said you know it just really scares me that we are putting you know EMTs and paramedics out on the street now and you know they've gone through now they they have a card and they're on an ambulance and a lot of times they're the lead medic on an ambulance and have no experience and and a lot of times just no way of um no life experience to even know how to address some of these issues. So I, I know that from that, it's it's filtering down. Really, that people are thinking about this, even from our providers coming out of out of school. Yeah, and I
0: think like anything else, even if people want to uh, be at that level or do that, there's just no resources for them, uh, and and programs like this right. don't exist. So speaking of programs like this, because uh, you've you've uh, touched on it a little bit, let's kind of move to the nuts and bolts of that. What what program are you talking about? Um, and, uh, kind of give us an overview, um, and before we kind of talk about some specifics.
2: Okay. Um, this is the Georgia EMS leadership program. When it started, uh, 11 years ago, as I mentioned, it was a group of stakeholders from all over the state. Uh, it was educators. It was EMS directors. It was, um, county commissioners. It was, uh, involvement from, from ACCG, the Association of County Commissioners of Georgia. Um, every facet uh, that would have touched EMS was brought in to a stakeholders group. And over the course of a year, we held sessions to to narrow down really what were the key points and key parts of the curriculum that needed to be addressed and the places where we saw weaknesses and things that could be improved for the EMS profession. Um, The The funding uh, initially started with the State Office of Rural Health. That was the initial grant that started the program. And um, Courtney actually had had conversations uh, with, I believe it was Mary Ellen Wickersham, who worked in the governor's office at that time. And she pointed him in the direction of going to the State Office of Rural Health uh, for the funding. Well, at that time, and and, and still with the State Office of Rural Health Funding, that funding is uh, dedicated for uh, rural population counties. So the urban areas that didn't meet that criteria couldn't participate in it. Um, We thought that that was something that obviously was not a way that we wanted to proceed with it. We knew that we had issues in rural Georgia, but this is EMS. We need help all the way you know, across the board. So the trauma commission then became a partner uh, in the program and actually um, sponsored uh, positions or or spots in that first leadership class. And then one of the things that the State Office of Rural Health likes to look at from their flex grants, they like to look at sustainability of programs when any grant that they do. So this was a program that we were, that they felt like was sustainable, that they wanted, that they would see this for years to come and it really made the project very worthwhile. Um, So after the first year with the State Office of Rural Health funding, uh, then the Georgia Trauma Commission uh, picked up the torch and has been funding the program ever since. And when I say funding the program, I mean every bit of it. For 25 students that I select, the committee selects every year to participate in this program, the only thing that they have responsibility for paying for is their transportation to and from the modules. Everything else is covered. Hotels, meals, uh, speakers. Uh, everything that's part of that program is covered under the grant. So we're very appreciative uh, to the trauma commission uh, because without that funding, I'm I'm not sure how we would do it.
1: Yeah. And I'm betting that that attracts a lot. I, I, I'm thinking the best way to say this, you get the cream of the crop that way because you have people who are working so frequently in EMS and they're saying, well, I can't afford to pay for a hotel. I can't afford to do this. Can't afford to do that. Those good, good candidates are going to say, you know what, this is a great opportunity. I want to apply for it. How do you actually sit down and go through that selection process? I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of applicants and they're probably all great. So how do you sit down and choose between all of those to get down to, what you say, 25 we, students?
2: Uh, we've gone at, up to as much as 28, but normally that leaves a couple of spots for, um, for uh, representation from the state office. Uh, I think every Uh, program director, almost every program director has been through, Um, so they've been, uh, they've filled those extra spots in there as well, and that also has added to it because when you have people uh, from the state office in there that can address regulatory issues when we get into some of those topics, it it is very helpful. Um, The process, really, the application is a a rather lengthy uh, application. We do that because we want to make sure that people are going to take the time to go through and really put thought into it. I, I didn't want something in, in the committee. And when I say the committee, the committee is made up of members of the, the um, leadership career, um, leadership alumni group. So they assist in that process of going through and, and um, selecting the 25 candidates for the program. Um, but it is um, really based on experience. Um, if they've had experience in rural EMS, the if, where they have worked, a uh, number of years in in management, um, also uh, request that they provide a, an essay that really explains why they feel that this is a, a program that they want to participate in. The other thing that has made it, uh, I think, successful is that from the very beginning, the committee realized that we needed to have the complete buy-in of those uh, county administrators or whoever, th- that hospital administrator, that fire chief, whoever it was that was going to be uh, that person signing off on that person to attend. Um, if you didn't have that support, it, these are four modules. They're a week at a time. So that's gonna. That was a significant amount of time away from work. So they actually have to sign a letter saying that they they fully support the participation of those candidates in the program.
0: Well, that's um, you know that's incredible. I think that's so, so important, and uh, you know the the fact that. Um, you have to have buy-in from the service you're at not just your immediate supervisor uh but the commissioners the county uh because that's a you know that's a that's a resource they're expending for four weeks out of the year so take us through you you you've mentioned uh these modules um how how many modules are there and then can you just kind of quickly take us through because i think this part's important on what those modules are i think there's probably some people that right now if they're listening they're guessing what those modules are um i think you're probably going to blow their minds right now so could you take us kind of quickly through each module where where they go um and uh, kind of what each one consists of.
2: Sure. There are are four modules of the program. Uh, The first module, and it's timed out this way for a lot of different reasons, but the first module is usually in March, Uh, the second module is in May, the third module is in August, and then final module is um, in, in November. We start off at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is our partner in this and has been from the very beginning, so they bring a lot to the curriculum uh, with uh, professors, uh, instructors that they bring in at George Southern that add a lot to the leadership theory and really in module one, that's what uh, we focus on a lot. Uh, Leadership development is really the core of the first week, and it really is an opportunity for all of them to get to know each other, but not only just to get to know each other, uh, other class members, but to get to know themselves. I think that after that first module, you could interview any, any one of those participants, and they come out of there saying, they're just things about myself that I never realized. I never realized that uh, my employees see me this way or that I address things um, with conflict in this manner and, and really how that's being perceived. So really that first week focuses on the, the person, you know, what type of leader are you? Um, and how do you apply that in, in your role as an EMS director, FTO, whatever your role is. Uh, module two uh, deals with documentation, finance, and government. Um, in though are in that session we talk a lot about um from county government perspective you know how you how you balance a budget the things that you do and making presentations to the county commission on your ems budget um, i bet
1: that is huge it, is it, that a is that a difficult part of the course
2: it's difficult but it is very eye-opening uh there mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that as they uh, and we've had several that are new ems directors that have gone through this that Honestly, they just had never had any experience with it, with putting a budget together, much less getting up and making that presentation to a county commission. Uh, we talk about, you know, a little bit about Robert's Rules of Order. Some things, mm. you know, you just normally wouldn't think about but that you need to have some exposure to. Um, so that that module really talks a lot about uh, everything from unit hour utilization, um, just some Calculations and things that really a lot of service directors um, don't either use very much or just don't know a lot about and how to apply that to their service
1: yeah and that's this is that's one reason why I really wish that everybody would take it because you don't think about spending government money. Right. And how, you know, there's a huge difference. People just think, oh, well, our budget's big enough. We could afford new trucks. We can hire more people. You don't know all the intricacies that go into all of these decisions and all of these these financial burdens and financial allotments that these administrators are dealing with until you go through training like this. Right, And it's like, oh, it's not as easy as I thought it was.
2: <laughs> and one of the other things that we get into a lot uh, in, in that section as well is Medicare, Medicaid, Commercial insurance. Um, those are those can get to be very complex issues. You know, not everybody coming into to EMS understands what the differences are between Medicare and Medicaid and how how those things are handled. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis on that. We've been very fortunate that we've had subject matter experts that come in that have spent their entire careers you know, working in Medicare, and Medicaid. So uh, great presenters that come in to these modules as well as well that make them work. Um, The third week uh, deals, which we're coming up on the third module, uh, which will be August, the week of August 16th. And that module deals with operational management, human resources and personnel management. Um, That one gets interesting because you're always going to have personnel situations. um, And depending on how you handle that as an EMS director uh, could mean uh, whether you have a job or not Um, when you get into EE. Uh, EEOC uh, requirements, different things that uh, a lot of people just don't know the nuts and bolts of it. So we kind of break that down a little bit. We talk a little bit about the hiring process. And as an HR director, I kind of spent a little bit of time, you know, realizing that when you're interviewing someone, that first question that you ask someone is not where you get the true feeling or the true, uh, response that you're looking for. It's that next question. So we teach them how to dig deeper and how to, to the things that are appropriate to ask in an interview and always making sure that as an EMS director, you know, that you have that candidate that's preparing for the interview. But to me, it's more uh, important that the EMS director provide, uh, prepares for that as well. You need to know, uh, from information from the application. You need to know and not just go in and ask random questions without knowing the person's background. So we talk a lot about that. And then the fourth module, which is back at Georgia Southern, deals with public relations, resource management, um, sustainability, and high performance. We talk about um, just everything from uh, CQI to how we uh, how we constantly try to raise the bar in, in doing things. We talk about crisis uh, communications. Um, Things that can be public relations nightmares for your service and how a public information officer uh, responds to that. Um, So, in each one of those modules, even though that's just sort of a broad uh, brushstroke of what um, what it's titled, uh, there's a lot of detail that goes into it. And I think the thing that makes it um, probably more relevant is that we don't just keep a curriculum and say this is what we're going to teach every leadership class. Obviously, we have uh, trending uh, thing topics that come up, um, obviously, right now with the issue of uh, EMRs in Georgia uh, and staffing ambulances. Uh, that's an issue that is going to uh, be a dynamic that we have to address. Uh, you that mi- would problem- you mind
1: explaining that to, uh, because, you know, a lot of, we have listeners from all over the country and world. So if you don't mind, just kind of go into detail on that. So they kind of get abreast of what's going on.
2: Well, in Georgia right now, um, Brandon, as you and Jason are both aware, the emergency medical responder is not a recognized um, certification in the state of Georgia. Um, Right now, we are experiencing uh, extreme staffing shortages in some parts of the state. Uh, I, I would say that all services are dealing with it to some extent or have dealt with it to some extent over the last six months to a year. Um, but there there's some situations in the rural areas of the state where uh, not only are they possibly going down by a truck uh, every day, there are some services that are not able to provide EMS services in their community because of staffing um, and there this is this has been an ongoing um, issue that we we saw that, you know, it's been coming for a while, we're working on things within the association of how we look at, at recruitment and retention. Um, why are we not getting people into the profession? Why are we not keeping people in the profession? You know, are there things, not everything comes back down to money, although money is a big part of that. Um, but we're trying to look at all of that. And the association is trying to serve as a um, a point of conversation of bringing people together to have everyone having the conversation not that um, this side is right this side is wrong there are legitimate points to to every side of it um, but we just it we all need to sit, sit down and know how it's going to affect everyone involved in it so the the EMRs there's a consideration right now uh, for uh, first responders to work on ambulances in the state um, to address uh, in some capacity the shortages that we're seeing.
0: So with your, you know, you obviously have an extensive background, um, as you have, have stated, and as you put a program like this together, or you as adjust this program, I'm sure there's things kind of in your mind that you feel are higher priority, or you think are, boy, this, you know, as you put something together, you're like, wow, this is going to be huge. What is anything surprised you, um, about, uh, uh, what, what? is more popular or less popular uh, across the spectrum of the 10 years that you guys have been doing this. Did anything surprise you that you really didn't expect this part to be a really popular thing, but it really has turned out to be.
2: Well, I, I, the, I guess the thing that always surprises me is that every year in March, when we uh, bring these 25 people together, that a lot of times they, you know, some of them know each other, of course, but for the most part, they they don't know each other. They're from all all ten regions of the state. We try very hard to have representation from all ten regions, um, but they come into a room and if you, if you've ever ever been with me on module one, it's it's like crickets. Everybody's quiet. You know, nobody says a whole lot. Then they uh, they learn my personality a little bit, and everybody starts to loosen up. But they really the thing that always surprises me is that on day one, how Nobody really says anything because they're a little bit intimidated or just not sure about what the process is. And every year by Wednesday of that week, they're best friends. they have they have jailed and this class this year has really um, really exceeded my my expectation in every way uh, of how they've done. but they all find that common ground and they all find um, a way to share experiences and develop a camaraderie among themselves that I I still say that the networking of this program will go down uh, as the most critical, um, You know, other than anything else that we've done for any skill that we might be able to provide them, any formula that might be able to help them with something in their service, their ability to network and know that they have other people to call on across the state to to tackle issues is uh, I think by far the most important thing.
1: So, you kind of touched on something that i it's kind of a two part question here. When you talked about people getting together and some of them know each other, have you ever had applicants from outside of the state? That's part one of the question.
2: Um, we haven't had applicants from outside of the state because since this is a grant funded program,, uh, one of the criteria that I have is that that you have to be a Georgia provider uh, to be considered or to apply for the program. However, We have had states contact us wanting to know could they possibly pay Mm -hmm. um, to go through training or is there some way that we could help them develop a a, a program? Uh, One of the things, uh, Jason, we were talking about the whole – development of the program and kind of how that came about we did a lot of research and as far as we can tell there is no other similar program to this across the united states um there are other ems leadership programs but nothing that really as we say um teaches an ems director everything that they need to know about being an ems director
0: see that was going to be part two so you just answered that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this so this this format is completely unique you're not going off a national model. Or a manual. This is something that you guys have just evolved over the years uh, to make happen. That that core
2: curriculum, as I said, was set by the um, the, the the stakeholder group that came together and literally spent days whittling down, yes, this is important. This is not as important. And that was a lengthy process to get to the point of uh, what we could cover in four weeks that was the most needed information. But it is a completely unique program um, that has been developed uh, with the providers and subject matter experts across the state of Georgia.
0: Yeah, that that is uh, i mean that's quite that that's quite phenomenal i know you could probably talk about this for hours and hours more um i obviously this is a passion of yours uh and um i know and i know brandon knows because we were both in the state that uh, we know many many people that have gone through this uh many who are still involved with the alumni uh group with this but give us give us some um scenario or or give us some ideas and some uh, kind of real world scenarios where people have come back to you either as individuals or as service, and um, things were changed because of their experience with this group.
2: There are a couple of things that always um, kind of stick out in my mind. During the first year, we had an EMS director uh, in a very very rural part of um, southeast Georgia. Um, he was an EMS director, but he still was a paramedic on the truck. Uh, very small service, and was not the one that wanted to be in the program. He was. A, it was a hospital-based service, and he was voluntold that he was going to be in the leadership program. So when he came in, you could kind of tell he wasn't really delighted about being there. As the week progressed on, uh, we got to the end, and he stood up in front of the group on the last day and said, you know, this, this is unlike anything that I ever expected. And his next statement said it all. You, I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was things that really through the whole process about himself or about things within the service that he had either done wrong, uh, you know, just uh, again, for lack of information that he just didn't realize until he came through that program um, and just really had an enlightening experience uh, from that. Uh, another another example is an EMS director um, that was also in another rural area. Uh, that at that time they had in-house billing uh, for their, all their EMS billing. So they did everything in-house. Some things that he learned through, um, through the process uh, of, I guess, the second module getting into the real operations and nuts and bolts of things, he was able to go back and meet with um, his financial people. It was a hospital, again, a hospital-based service. And the cost savings that they had as a result of what he learned in that program uh came out to somewhere near a half a million dollars that they were were missing just from uh again that they weren't doing on reimbursement things that they were not doing right and it made that big of a difference uh, in their overall budget um and so those those kind of things i i that number always had surprised me so i knew it was not just a reimbursement issue there were other things that he included in that but it was you know training this, the skills that he had learned to be able to go back and meet with with their financial people at the hospital to say here's what we're missing
1: and that's incredible because that's enough money you're talking about a couple of people's jobs right i mean those are jobs for people that's not just a you know a new cardiac
0: monitors worth of money those are careers
2: right
1: that is phenomenal
0: Yeah, that is, that is great. And so let me, let me transition this um, one more time. So um, I'll just, I'll just um, toss this up for you. Here's a softball. So uh, this obviously is, is incredible, but you don't stop here with just these 25 each year. What do you do out of GEMSA uh, for statewide leadership? um,
2: Namely the conference. Uh, the the leadership the Georgia EMS leadership conference really came back into being. I guess now that would be five years ago. Um, people, I, I think some of your viewers, maybe that have been around for a long time, remember when it was the old directors conference. I remember that there was a that at that time. I think they met up at Unicoi State Park. There were some other areas that they met, but it was primarily a directors conference. Um, we transitioned that a little bit i think during that time the association was involved in four conferences a year um if somebody told me right now i would have to put on four conferences a year i would just say here you can have this <laughs> it was yeah. a, a, it's a real challenge to put on a conference and I'm, I'm not sure people understand how much work goes into it but i have great staff and great volunteers that do a just a tremendous job but the leadership conference really has now evolved into a conference that um, brings some of those concepts of the leadership program into a conference and being able to bring in nationally recognized speakers and subject matter experts to address some of those things. Um, because you, you can only hear so much content from your peers in the state. Sometimes you have to get that person, you know, out of out of another state or even another country sometimes uh, to bring those points in. But the the leadership conference, uh, we did want to really kind of keep it to a point that it was senior management level of EMS services because those, those directors, assistant directors, uh, field training officers, they need the ability to get information and be able to disseminate that to their staff. They don't need their staff hearing that information really at the same time. So it gives them the ability to kind of hash through a lot of that. And um, it's been very successful. We our, we know that our target audience is going to be somewhere every year around 300 people for that conference. Um, vendors uh, have been very supportive of it. So it's it's been very successful having it at Lake Lanier also
0: yeah and of course we've been involved with that and uh it actually is incredible and then let me get let you give one more plug and that is for the statewide conference which has leadership stuff attached to it but then a lot of um provider level stuff and um educator level but give us a very quick um plug uh for that where where is it when is it uh and How many people come to that? Because I think that's pretty important. Well,
2: we've made a change this year and we're excited about that. Uh, It's going to be a very different front for us, but it's going to be a great opportunity because it will be the first um, chance that we've had in many, many years to have a vendor area that will be all indoors that can accommodate every ambulance, helicopter, anything that we wanted to bring in. But we'll be at Jekyll Island this year. So it's been many, many years, um, I believe somewhere around 14 or 15 years since this conference has, has been at Jekyll Island. So we're going back there. Um, the conference is geared to providers and educators, but it is the opportunity for educators to get almost all of their instructor hours that they need for the year um, at this one conference. Uh, so we, we are very fortunate. I, Georgia is one of the only states that uh, provides that type of opportunity. Uh, but it is truly a providers and educators conference, and our annual meeting. Uh, we've been in Savannah uh, for the last 14 years. Our uh, attend- attendance for the conference uh, last year was close to 800. So we are hoping to exceed that uh, this time. Uh, I know that COVID and every all the things that have gone on with that uh, will hopefully not play a huge role in that. But we are we're we're shooting for the stars with this one.
0: Awesome yeah that that's such an important uh thing there kim and and to you know to to point out i hope people caught this you are not a state agency you you're not a government agency with government funds um you know thankfully we do have uh entities like the georgia trauma commission um but uh you know our your your relationship with industry is incredibly important and being able to put on a conference like this uh like you're going to do in jekyll uh is so important so um if people want to know to un- learn more about GEMSA, uh, the organization, the leadership, how can they find that information out?
2: A lot of information on our website, Jason at GeorgiaEMSassociation.com. dot So it's Georgia, e, Georgia spelled out, EMS Association spelled out dot com, and uh, all the information about our conferences listed on drop down mm-hmm. tabs on that page. Um, registration for the, the upcoming conference in October is also on that page. We now are up to somewhere over 6,000 members in the association and working to increase that uh, daily. Uh, we are fortunate in Georgia that we are the only EMS uh, association or the only association that represents EMS. I would think that in other states that gets to be a challenge when you have several different associations that represent EMS uh, interests. So. Uh, we're we're excited about that.
1: Awesome. Well, Kim, thank you so much for your time. And again, thank you for for fighting the good fight and, and being there for us in the state of Georgia and uh, everything that you do in your leadership. So thank you so much.
2: Guys, thank you for what y'all are doing. The The visibility that you're bringing to the issues in EMS and uh, with these podcasts and, and everything that you're doing. I am, I'm so impressed by both of you. And it, it has uh, truly been an honor to be a part of this. And thank you for what you're we'll doing. We'll pay you later. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sticking to the script.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. That's a wrap. All right. We out. That is a wrap. All right. Nice. You've been you. listening to MediClass Citizen. If you like what you heard, check out our website at com. Also, find us on social media where you can follow, like, subscribe, and share. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we also have videos on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.